Hello, my name is Carl Cully, and I'm your host for this Capgemini podcast on zero trust architecture, part of a Capgemini cybersecurity podcast series. I have the great pleasure today of being joined by Capgemini's own cybersecurity expert, Louis Dullabert, um, who will be uh, offering his insights. So, um, welcome aboard, Louis. Thank you so much, Carl. Um, you're right. My name is Louis Delabarre. I'm actually the Chief Technology Officer for Cybersecurity at Capgemini. Um, I'm also in the uh, security space or domain since more than uh, 20 years. Great. Well, it's wonderful to, to have you with us. Uh, zero trust. It's a, a much talked about topic, recent topic in cybersecurity innovations. Um, could you um, give a definition of, of what it is and, and what benefits it brings? Yes, indeed. Um, zero trust is more like a, a, a kind of principle or approach for cybersecurity. It's not a technology by itself. Um, the, the idea is very simple. When you have a zero trust uh, approach or design, it means that you are not trusting any type of component in your architecture. It could be people or it could be uh, devices. So you, in this uh, design or in this architecture, you want to make sure that every component, every assets in your architecture are verified, are identified before allowing any access to, this, to these resources. Quite interesting because it has some consequences on the design of the architecture. And is it, would a, a sort of accurate analogy be that, you know, the, the person or asset in the castle is still asked for clearance going into each of the rooms of the castle and they, they always need to um, verify their, their identity? Yes, you're right, because there is no more castle. Castle is, is, is not anymore the way we build uh, architecture or, or IT systems. Uh, so you're right. Uh, no matter if you are in the, in the, uh, in the uh, systems, I mean, in the network or you are outside of the network, you have to prove who you are and you have to prove that you are allowed uh, to, to access to the resources you want to access. So, yeah, the, there is no differences uh, between, I would say, outside and inside in zero trust approach. And, and don't forget that uh, in cybersecurity, of course, people could, could argue about the exact number, but we know that more than 60 or 70 percent of the threats are, are insiders. So it means that you, you cannot trust any more employees or internal devices because they are just inside the, the castle, as you said. Okay. And is there um, ever any tension between usability and security with this zero trust approach? It's a challenge we need to address uh, in zero trust architecture because you're right. Um, because you need to prove your identity and you prove that who you are before getting the access to the resources you want. Uh, it could be it could be cumbersome for the for the end user. Uh, this is where, uh, as a, a I would say design authority or a cybersecurity expert, uh, we should be careful choosing the right solutions to be uh, very very uh, user friendly even if we improve or yeah we improve the the level of security so i will give a very very uh, uh, easy to understand example uh, we prefer uh, for example when we're talking about identity and access management new solutions are quite interesting where you want to do adaptive solution meaning that the same user 
uh, inside the network will have to prove his identity thanks to maybe a password or just a one-time password, for example. But if he's moving or is he traveling to a, country, a specific country or if he's outside of the, uh, of the network, in that case, you will increase the level of security asking more information before giving him access. So it's kind of adaptive security. In that case, you succeed to be uh, uh, compliant with your zero trust uh, uh, approach and, and you also try to be more user-friendly. Okay, great, great. And I think you mentioned that, that no specific technology is associated with zero trust, but it, uh, it's perhaps a combination of different technologies. Could you um, speak more about, about that, the, com- the, the, the technologies that might be involved in this approach? Yes, you, as an example, um, in Zero Trust approach, uh, we try to be compliant uh, uh, with, um, I would say, a very easy to understand uh, cybersecurity principle we have from the beginning, like, for example, least privileged access. Uh, it means that every time you need to give access to a resource that could be a people, a, an end user, or could be a device, you give to this component or this entity the least uh, privileged access as possible. That way, you reduce the attack surface on, on the network. So this is one principle or technology you, you need to, uh, to uh, implement in the Zero Trust approach. Uh, the other one is to make sure that because you, you, you are not anymore trusting people inside the network, you need to be careful that your network is micro-segmentated. It means that you define uh, smaller zones and every time someone needs to access to these zones, there is some kind of enforcement of the policy to make sure that this person has the right to access to these resources. So micro-segmentation is one of the other uh, technology required to apply zero-trust approach. And another one is that, for example, instead of using uh, former technology like you know proxies, or for example, if your user, the end user, wants to to have access to the internet, for example, of course you don't trust internet. That's the minimum, mm-hmm. uh, even even without any uh, zero trust approach. But um, you don't trust internet. So in the zero trust approach, it's not just a matter of having a proxy to authorize the user to go to the internet. You are analyzing every traffic in and out to make sure that no uh, threat or no uh, vulnerabilities is exploited by the hackers if they want to. Uh, so that's a, a simple example of uh, on top of micro-segmentation and least privileged access, uh, a technology is required to, to do zero trust approach. Um, so the, the benefits seem, um, seem clear. Um, just how many organizations are, are using zero trust, uh, Lewis, to your knowledge? How widespread is it becoming? I mean, it depends on how you, you implement a zero trust approach. Of course, it's like, you know, when we, we start uh, using a cloud, a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm using cloud. There is a different way of using cloud. That's more or less the same for a zero trust approach. I'll give you a very simple example. Um, Micro segmentation, as I said, uh, is quite new. It means that, for example, people are now uh, shifting, uh, lifting and shifting the application to the cloud, their workload to the cloud. And micro-segmentation is, is not so easy to implement. So now 
large enterprise are considering having micro segmentation in place. But, um, uh, for example, uh, identity and access management was one of the first uh, domain or, or, or technology that was um, used or, or modified or, or convert to the zero, zero trust approach um, in the uh, identity and access management space. Uh, to apply zero trust approach, you should or you must implement uh, multi-factor authentication. You must apply SSO, you m- uh, single sign-on option. You you must apply um, technology like CASB. And I believe that large enterprises are all already using this technology. So to answer to your question, uh, zero trust approach is more or less already apply partially by large enterprise for identity and access management. But if you go, if you want to move forward uh, on this uh, zero, uh, zero trust uh, approach, you need to go uh, further, as I said, uh, with uh, uh, micro segmentation in the cloud, for example. And this is quite new. Could you um, talk about just, just the best practices that organizations um, can, can employ when, when using zero trust? What are the best practices involved? In zero trust approach, identity and access management is even more important. As I said before, when I gave the example of adaptive security, we change a little bit the way we, we address identity and access management. But to answer to your question, um, multi-factor uh, authentication in real time is a, is a must uh, for zero trust uh, approach, including Internally, I mean, as I said before, there is no more castle, so you need to be sure that the user is the, the person who, who mentioned they are. Uh, you should also extend uh, the control to the endpoint. Uh, endpoint, and when I say endpoint, is in every case, use cases. It could be mobile endpoint, could be phones, could be smartphones. So you need to make sure that not only you identify the user, but you also identify the devices and you give the right access to the devices. Of course, when you say identity and access management, in the world there is access. So it means it's not only identifying and managing the identity, it's also managing the policy. Uh, in zero trust approach, it means that no matter where the user is, no matter uh, what devices the user is using, you should apply the same policy to control the access to, um, of course, to resources. I spoke about uh, smartphones. Uh, it's, it means also that you, you should be able in zero trust approach to uh, consider uh, wiping, locking, uh, um, unrolling, or, or, or just uh, uh, remove a device from a, a policy because you know people now are using uh, tablets, smartphones to access to critical information. They won't understand if you just tell them, no, no, you cannot have access to the data because you're using your smartphone. For example, emails, you know. So um, back to the Zootrust approach, uh, because device device management is key, uh, you should have this capability to wipe and lock and, and, and lock uh, devices. And of course, uh, as I said, um, user is key. 
uh, in every IT systems. And education is is always important. And in zero trust approach, you need to educate your user to to be, I would say, um, aligned with the objective of zero trust approach, meaning that they understand that in some cases they have to be more uh, control. Uh, they have to prove their identity, and maybe because they are outside and traveling to a specific countries, they need to to uh, to follow some some specific uh, technology or some specific requirements. So it's a matter of education. And of course, last but not least, uh, monitoring. It's always important to make sure that you monitor everything. Could be, as I said before, traffic in and out. You need to make sure that your endpoints were not compromised. The user is not compromised. I mean, for example, his password. Uh, so back to zero trust uh, approach. Um, again, uh, it's not because you are inside a network. It's not because you're an employee that we, we cannot control what you are doing. I mean, control from a cybersecurity standpoint. I'm not talking about other type of control. Uh, so it's important to monitor uh, the traffic uh, in and out. Yes, and I suppose it means that a substantially increased capacity is needed to, to monitor all, all these things. So what are the implications of this for, for an organization? Very good, very good question, Carl. Um, for example, uh, as of today, uh, before the, this type of approach, um, companies were like consolidating logs, you know, like I want my logs everywhere. Now we're not talking anymore about logs, we're more talking about telemetry means everything. It could be the volume of data. It could be uh, what process are running on your endpoint. It could be where you uh, you logged in, when you logged out, how many times you logged in. So it's, it's not only logs. It's what we call artifacts or telemetry. Because with all this information, we will be able to not just uh, detect what we call indicator of compromise, but indicator of behaviors. Behavior is really important. Now we want to make sure that uh, people are behaving correctly. Still, I'm talking about cybersecurity uh, standpoint. Uh, so the consequences of monitoring everything is big data approach, with a lot of volume and different technology because you want to be to do some you know earns and queries very quickly so performance solution thank you lewis and thank you for your well articulated insightful uh, observations on this topic and thank you to our listeners for joining us for this podcast and the next podcast in this series is going to be on demystifying cybersecurity uh, with special guest chris cooper so do join us next time <laughs>